Welcome to Get in the Know with Your CMO, hosted by Saj Joyce, CMO for the Central Division, me, and to my partner to the right, Dr. Drew Herman. Hello, CMO. <laughs> CMO of Levine Children's Hospital and Jeff Gordon's Children's Center. Jen, tell us about who you are. Uh, my name is Jennifer Jenkins Sellers, and I am a uh, nurse in the neonatal intensive care unit at Levine Children's Hospital. And uh, I'm a part of this safety group because I care greatly about my babies, their families, and my teammates. And uh, safety is very important to all of us. Anytime that we can send a baby home to a, a loving environment, um, from a loving environment, that's a win for me. I'm Beth Daniels. I'm a pharmacist at Carolina's Healthcare. And um, safety is important to me because in my job, um, it's always about about getting medications to the patients, the right medication, the right time. And I think the most important thing about safety is that we learn from things that have happened in the past so we can move forward and make our patients safer. So that's why I think that reporting safety and feeling comfortable about it and reporting events will only make us better practitioners and better healthcare providers to our patients and ultimately it'll be a safer environment for all of us. And you were here today because of what? Oh, I was here today because I was received a Good Catch Award. And what is that? A Good Catch Award is when you see something uh, that is happening in your line of work that maybe you go a little bit further than just doing the right thing. But if you see an error or you see something that just doesn't look right, that you report it to somebody to maybe correct it. And I just found a dosing error on our renal report, and we corrected it system-wide. Say that again? You corrected it? System-wide. Perfect. So <laughs> a little, little catch on your part was a big catch for the system with, for all of our patients. Great job. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. So today, uh, I have the privilege of having two members um, of our patient safety team here with us. Uh, Robert O'Connor is our associate vice president. Or is it assistant? Assistant vice president. Yeah, close give enough. You, getting you yep, higher. Close enough. Uh, Juanita, associate vice president. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron Williams, who is our patient safety uh, coordinator. coordinator for Central Division. Uh, and they're going to share with us uh, some of what patient safety does, uh, especially in the setting of uh, uh, our emphasis on a culture of safety here in the Central Division and the work that we're doing uh, to make sure that uh, teammates, uh, patients, uh, and all uh, visitors to our facility and campuses are safe. So before getting into the details of that, um, Rob, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, anything you want to share. Sure, yeah. Thanks, Dr. Joy. Excited to be on your podcast. I listen to it um, almost every morning coming into work. So oh, quit your lying. I, I actually <laughs> do. I really do. I told Aaron I do. Um, so, yes, my name is Rob O'Connor. Um, I've been with Atrium Health for 15 years. I actually just got my certificate in the mail last night oh, for wow. my 15 year anniversary. Congrats. Um, thank you. So yeah, I mean, I am originally from Western Massachusetts. My family moved me down here uh, when I was a senior in high school. So I really appreciated appreciated them pulling me away from all my, my friends up north for oh, my senior year, but that's wow. okay. Came from a whole school of 800 students to a graduating class of about 800 students. So that wow. was pretty shocking went to vance high school down here um so yeah i mean graduated high school here ended up going into the air force for about four years oh thank you um where 
I was a physical therapist assistant. Okay. Um, was there again for four years, got out, immediately joined Carolina's healthcare system at the time um, as a physical therapist assistant. Went to school at night, ended up uh, graduating with my master's in business administration um, from New York Institute of Technology. And, um, you know, spent about 10 more years, I think, in physical therapy, um, ultimately joining the quality department Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in patient safety as a patient safety coordinator, very similar role to what Aaron does now. Um, And yeah, for about the past three years, been serving in the leadership role as director or now assistant vice president. Wonderful. And, and, And tell us a little bit about yourself, Aaron. Thank you uh, for having us, Dr. Joy. Um, So my name is Aaron Williams. Uh, I grew up in Titusville, Florida. Um, If you do not know where that is, it is where the space shuttle launched from. Um, Then went to school in Orlando, uh, Florida uh, at UCF and graduated um, with a bachelor's degree in health services administration. Um, Upon graduating college, got married, and we moved up to Fayetteville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, for my wife's job. And so I worked um, a few years at Southeastern Health in Lumberton, North Carolina, worked in quality management and quality analytics. And then after graduating with my master's in patient safety from MCPHS University, uh, we moved here to Charlotte uh, for my job um, here at Atrium. I've been here with the system 10 months. Okay. Uh, so far, uh, love it. It's a it's a lot of fun. Um, covering Maine and Mercy is, yeah. is is a lot of fun. So really enjoy being here. And um, so, tell the listeners what exactly patient safety constitutes. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, our our mo is harm prevention. Mm. I mean that that is our whole job. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ways that we accomplish that. Um, you know, to keep it keep it pretty high level, you know, it's about having a strong safety management system in place. And that means a lot of things. One of the areas that I think Atrium Health has really specialized in the past probably five, six years as mm-hmm. the program has grown mm-hmm. is in our cause analysis work. So before we dig into cause analysis, when you first start off by saying harm prevention, mm-hmm. what other industry do we compare ourselves to or is the sort of the quintessential industry where we talk about harm prevention. Yeah, I think any industry um, that you think of as what we call a, a high reliability organization, um, and those are industries like aviation, mm-hmm. who I think have gone through what healthcare is going through from a safety perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, many years ago now, 20, 30 plus years ago, um, and taking them as a model of, of things that we can implement in healthcare. I think uh, nuclear industry obviously is a good example of that because if you don't do things right there and follow everything to the t there's lots of lives at stake yes absolutely and so now we're trying to apply that level of scrutiny to our healthcare because each patient matters yeah absolutely and of course in those industries you know if a plane goes down or a nuclear power plant blows up we all know it right right? in healthcare i think harm can be a little bit more hidden there you go so it's hard to to Thank capture you. that same momentum, I think. And then you were saying something about cause analysis and as we start analyzing. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's really our specialty, identifying harm, which mm-hmm. is largely dependent on people reporting harm to us, mm-hmm. which in itself is a culture um, mm-hmm. that we try to foster. Um, but we've really specialized in understanding how individuals experience error 
and why they experienced that error. In other words, what were the system failures, those latent weaknesses in our system that contributed to that? And how can we build um, more reliable workflows for our, for our teammates and our physicians? And, and, and Aaron, um, what is a way that uh, we are working to uh, identify opportunities for improvement and uh, failures that uh, may pop up? Because we are human beings after all. Um, so one of the ways that we've been promoting to help identify um, errors or um, issues that we, we have here in our system is through our care event reporting system mm. and um, being encouraged for teammates to speak up for safety. Uh, so if they do identify um, an error or an event that occurred to be sure to fill out a care event because it allows um, patient safety to be notified, risk management to be notified, the appropriate people to be notified to um, review the event and see if we need to perform sorts of analysis on it. Mm -hmm. uh, that way we can find the systemic issues mm -hmm. uh, related to these and um, come up with action items to be able uh, to prevent these from occurring again. Sure. And, I mean, as you said earlier, Rob, though, I mean, we are not as mature as the avionics or construction industry or nuclear or any of those areas where, you know, they can be very uh, systematic in their work and have different regulatory pieces. We sort of self-police and, and really are expected to identify opportunities of failure, but we need teammates to identify those opportunities for us because we're not all-seeing and all-knowing. And so with these care events, um, you, you know, we want to encourage uh, the speak up uh, aspect of it. What do we do with it when you describe the team that's involved in assessing those care events? What does that team entail? So the team entails that reviews the care event, uh, risk management, patient safety, um, and so there's a certain level that these care events... Well, there's also med staff quality. Right. There's an administrative team, including the chief nursing officer, the chief yeah. medical officer. So we've got a multidisciplinary group of folks right. looking at it from different perspectives to help delineate whether something is more or less severe. Right. Correct. And um, so we do review that yeah. at the facility um, level or in central yeah. division at the central division level uh, to ensure that we're reviewing the right events to have the correct analysis appropriate for it um, but yes a large interdisciplinary team um, that helps review it and then you know it goes through the the cause analysis process and anytime it goes through our highest level of analysis which is a root cause analysis mm -hmm. when we do have any um, deviations from our processes uh -huh, uh -huh. those are per presented um, by our physician champion. So there's a root cause analysis team consists of an executive sponsor who is at a high leadership level, mm -hmm. um, our physician champion, and then um, the frontline staff not involved in the event, but who would have similar, similar roles so they know those processes that we're supposed to follow. And, you know, if we do find any deviations from that, it is presented to a multidisciplinary team task force who reviews the whole analysis and the action plan, and then it is approved for that. Yeah. So what you're saying is when we do these analyses, we always find that the physician is to blame. <laughs> never. Oh. That has never been a finding. Well, but, 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 but reality speaking, most of the time what we end up finding, let's say there was a, uh, a retained uh, foreign body object, mm -hmm. um, and um, 
what do we typically find in something like that as a reason when you do a root cause analysis? Oh, there could there could be a multitude. You know, I think on average we have um, not to get too statistical, but four point four causes for every <laughs> RCA that we do. RCA um, root cause root analysis. Cause, excuse me, root cause That's analysis. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you're you're we're always focused on what were those system failures because yeah. we believe everybody came to work to do the right thing right everybody's everybody's trying to accomplish their job in the safest yep. manner possible um but something about our process or workflow didn't work mm-hmm. and so we're honed in on trying to pull that out which can be a little bit tedious i'm right. sure most people have heard about five whys so yeah. continuing to ask why until you get to that that thing that you can fix that's going to prevent it from happening again right so let's say hypothetically we had a complication from a, uh, a procedure. Um, how would uh, patient safety get involved and evaluate uh, what was taking place? Sure. Yeah. So uh, you know we we're never the experts in um, in the events themselves and the work processes themselves, but we'll receive a, a care event like Aaron was talking about earlier, um, and that care event will be reviewed by several parties: risk management, patient safety. Um, and we have a, a weekly team that goes over those. Mm. They're called the safety event review team. Okay. Um, and that consists of chief medical officer, um, chief nurse, executive for the, the hospital, risk management, patient safety, and, and others. Yeah. Um, but a small group. And the first thing we want to do is identify whether or not um, we think that there was a deviation from generally accepted performance standards. So a med staff quality member and the, those chief nursing and chief physician executive would evaluate uh, sorry, chief medical officer would evaluate whether this is a medical staff quality related issue versus something out of the, that. Right, right, yeah. It's And we really use that committee to, to triage these care there events, you if you will. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So does it need to go to nursing peer review? Does uh-huh. it need to go to physician peer review? Got it. Or do we think that there was some kind of process breakdown and we need to do cause analysis? Got it. Oh, okay. So what is a cause analysis? So cause analysis, um, you know, again, it's a, it's a multidisciplinary team. We always engage our executive sponsors to help uh, from an operational standpoint. They mm-hmm. really own the root cause analysis, patient safety really is facilitating it on behalf of, of that executive sure consultant. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then we do always have a physician champion who, uh-huh. who works in the specialty for for where the event occurred. You know, we try to get as close as possible. And then... To so if it was in the endoscopy suite, you would get a GI physician right. to help facilitate right. that. Right, absolutely. Got it. Because they're going to be the experts. And right. then the, the nursing or other key team members that also work in that area. area. Got it. Um, and yeah, patient safety facilitates that team um, with that group. And like Aaron said, we take that to the safety event task force where we'll present our findings around... Um, what we think the process breakdowns were hmm. in this case. And, and the safety event task force will say, yes, we think you found the root cause and we think your action plans are going to address that. Or no, we don't think you got to the root cause. You guys need to go back and look at huh. A, B, C, D. Okay. And this is to try to figure out if there is something that's correctable so that, again, in the, 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 the continuous nature of trying to improve uh, the environment that we work in and the processes of delivering healthcare, we're improving the the care for that patient. Absolutely, it's completely non-punitive. Yeah. There's no names involved Got in it. the review. Everything's blinded. It's strictly focused on the process and the system. Okay. Um, so, 
you know, this this um, this podcast is intended to be fun as well, and you guys are having a lot of fun. Um, but <laughs> do you have any jokes? Because if you don't, I've got a terrible one I can tell you. So, all right. That's all you. I told you I listened to this coming in, so I knew you were going to ask about okay. a joke, okay. and I'm horrible with jokes. Oh, sorry, I you've heard any. mine too. But I got a classic dad joke. Okay. I'm not a dad. This is my dad's joke. Okay. All right. So everybody, everybody's familiar with Mark Twain. Yeah. Right? He gets – everybody knows who he is. Right. But what people don't know is that he has a brother. Did you know that? I did not know Mark Twain yes. had a brother. His name is Choo Choo. <laughs> Choo Choo Twain. Oh, <laughs> Come on, you said cornier the better. Yeah, that was uh, Choo Choo Twain. Okay. (laughs) Very nice. That's all I got. That's a good one. one. That's a good one. Um, Thank you. Um, All right. So tell us a little bit more about what we're doing in the Central Division and from a system standpoint. Yeah, first in the Central Division, tell us a little bit about what we're doing in the Central Division, uh, Aaron, with regards to this culture of safety and and why we took on this work. So... um, some of the things that we're doing, uh, first off, we are continuing to promote uh, the increase of care event reporting because um, it's very uh, pertinent to, to what we do. It's a very important um, that we know what goes on you know, within Central Division. Um, still promoting uh, good catches and what good catches are, are if a patient, or not, sorry, not a patient, um, if a teammate you know, identifies an error before it reaches a patient, so which is considered a near miss. Uh, for example, if a medication was stocked in the wrong place mm-hmm. and they identified mm-hmm. it, they notified the right people and it got, you know, switched and corrected, um, mm-hmm. that would be something considered a good catch because mm-hmm. we do want to recognize um, our teammates for making these uh, good catches day in and day out. Sure, a culture of safety mm-hmm. is not just looking for bad outcomes, it's right. trying to help prevent and, and promote. Uh, I'm sorry, not prevent. Prevent bad outcomes or promote good outcomes. Right. We we deal with the bad, but we also want to promote the good. You know, there you find, go. find that balance. That's right. Too. That's right. Um, but one of the, the big things that we have done um, is we have pulled together a focus group of um, our teammates. So it's an interdisciplinary team. So residents, nursing, um, pharmacy, anesthesia, multiple uh, members of our frontline teammates, and really to help drive us um, and give us that guidance on if the actions um, that we're doing for Central Division for for 2020 and promoting and building that culture of safety here, uh, if it's the right work, because they experience this every single day. Um, They're the ones that have the eyes that maybe someone like me that is not out on the units every single day can see and so they really help guide us you know with the right direction uh, that we're going to get the feedback and say you know hey is this the right work we're doing mm-hmm. um, and if it is great uh, if it's not you know what are your suggestions uh, that we have so we can revisit that and kind of do that PDSA type thing what's a PDSA um, plan do study act okay so short repeat cycles of continuous improvement yep. okay so, so what you're doing is you're asking our frontline teammates uh, to say, look, this work that we're about to embark on and already embarked on, uh, is this the right work that will help build that culture of safety amongst our colleagues here in this central division? Yes. And uh, well, give me a couple of examples of what those projects might um, be. So one project that uh, we've implemented is doing leadership uh, safety rounds mm-hmm. here at um, 
CMC, Mercy. Now LCH already had a, a process in place, and so weekly they go out and they round on the teammates, mm -hmm. asking, you know, what are your safety concerns? Uh, maybe what keeps you up at night? Is there a safety event that you foresee happening? Mm -hmm. Really getting their input because they are the eyes uh, every single day, and so uh, we have implemented that here um, at CMC and at Mercy, mm -hmm. and I think that's a big to have that leadership presence um, there. And so that when, leadership when, is extremely concerned with safety and the safety of our teammates. Right. And so once they hear those concerns, uh, the intent is that by going and doing these rounds and hearing frontline teammates share this information, we're going to go do something more actionable with it. Right. Be more proactive than reactive. Got um, it. So prevent it from happening before an event like that occurs. Sure, sure. Um, and, and Rob, from a system standpoint, um, what are some of the efforts that uh, we are focusing in on to continue to enhance patient safety? Yeah, actually, I'm really excited about 2020 yeah. uh, because we are continuing to hone in on our, our high reliability journey. Um, and again, that looks, um, there's a lot of pieces to that, but one of the things I'm most excited about um, is tackling a zero harm campaign. So mm. making a, an organizational commitment to zero preventable harm as a journey that we're on. Right. Obviously, that's loaded. You know, there's a lot of things in that. Sure. Um, but we're in the beginning stages um, of planning that for 2020. Now, is the zero harm uh, very different from the big signs that we've now seen in front of our entryways and along know. the walls and such? Because, again, that's all related to teammate safety it is yeah ah. so so i wouldn't say it's different but it's targeting a little bit different population sure um so the zero harm signs that are out there now are focused on workplace violence yes. right so we don't we won't tolerate kicking punching spitting, spitting anything all those kinds yes. of things um as an organization um, so we want to we want to use that momentum good um and kind of spring off of that yeah. to have a zero harm harm campaign that includes uh, you know, zero patient harm and zero teammate injuries as it relates to their work environment. Okay. Um, so it's going to be more targeted towards um, our, our internal customers and atrium, our teammates, our physicians. You know, it's going to be um, not as forward facing, I think, to the public, although I think it's a great thing to share with the public right. that we're on that journey. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you know, uh, we had an opportunity to meet with the focus group for the Central Division about a week and a half ago mm -hmm. and get their input as to why they're interested in working in this focus group. And it was really uh, reassuring to hear them share their commitment mm -hmm. uh, that we would expect of any of our teammates, right? Mm -hmm. That is truly compassionate care, not only for the patients that we care for, but also for our teammates. So this effort that you're talking about, Zero Harm, uh, looking at teammates just really continues to fall in line with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the important thing is Zero Harm isn't a patient safety initiative. You know, it includes security, it includes occupational health and safety, mm -hmm. it includes um, facility safety, construction safety. Uh, we want it to be uh, what we do here at Atrium Health. Yeah, Atrium Health's commitment to safety as a whole yes uh, the teammate safety patient safety visitor safety you name yes, it absolutely great um you know what other parting thoughts do you want to leave our um 
our listeners because uh, you know you're going to listen to yourself here in a few days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or not? I might skip that one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, what other parting <laughs> thoughts do you want to leave them with regards to why you do this work? Oh, why we do this work? I mean, I could tell you know, Aaron was talking about rounding and asking what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night is you know wondering if we're truly um, preventing harm. Are we truly identifying harm? Um, across the organization? Are we doing the best possible job that we can? When we do our analysis in conjunction with, with the team, are we getting to the true root causes? Um, These are things I'm very passionate about, that I worry about, um, that we're always striving to improve as a patient safety department. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't do that without the partnership of, of everybody. Um, patient safety is not um, the function of a department. Mm-hmm. Patient safety is everybody's responsibility. Everyone has a role in that. Um, so I guess my parting shot is, you know, please report um, mm-hmm, near mm-hmm. misses. You know, we would love to learn from near misses more than serious safety events. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We would love for near misses to be 90% of our event reporting. It's probably more like 10% mm-hmm. today, right? Um, and then when you see us coming, don't run. We're, we're, here, to, we're here to help, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, we're here to... Um, identify things that make it harder for you to do your job. Sure. And, and so partner with us. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great. And, and Aaron, um, you know, what are you most concerned about from an, uh, from a patient safety standpoint uh, at the Central Division? Um, I think a concern of mine here at Central Division would be Really, and kind of to reiterate what Rob said about making sure we're always, you know, filling out care events. You know, there may be some question. You know, something happened. I'm not sure. You know, if I if I should fill one out or not. And I always tend to think, you know, when in doubt, fill it out. Hmm, speak um, up. Yep. And you know, continue to to speak up for safety. If you, if you see a concern, make sure you you know notify the right people um stop if you have a concern you know say hey this is a safety concern we need to we need to stop so really building that culture of everyone feeling comfortable and that their voice is heard uh i'm here and and speaking up and not being afraid uh to do that and think that a caravan is punitive because it's not Mm -hmm. um it just increases our transparency and accountability here at at atrium so um that's that's, That's great. And, and then I'm going to leave the easy toss-up question to Rob. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like uh, maybe it's not an easy toss-up oh, question. Okay. What are you most excited for uh, with regards to uh, our work mm. uh, within in the next couple of years? What do we expect that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, for for our work in as it relates to patient safety is, um, you know, I think hardwiring our, our safety management systems in our journey to high reliability. Um, there's a ton of potential there for us as an organization to continue to move it forward. We have a lot of pieces in place. Um, I feel like we haven't done a great job of, of packaging that together and mm-hmm. connecting all the dots for people. Um, so I really think that we're a, we're a leader when it comes to in the industry, when it comes to our patient safety program. Mm-hmm. And so obviously with all of these, um, partnerships that are merging, I think there's a lot more opportunity to, to build on that um, and, and continue to, to lead. So um, why don't you share uh, an item or two that you're proud of uh, that we've achieved in the last uh, year or so? 
Um, there's two that, that come to mind. Um, one is uh, for our good catches for our teammates here at Central Division. Probably within the past, I'd say, six months or so. Um, for We pick winners out of the, the good catch submissions, and um, we started to formally recognize those teammates at our Central Division leaders meeting in front of the leaders as a whole, but in front of their, the managers, the managers come up with them. And I think that really is Im- impactful um, for it to, you know, we can send them, hey, you know, we really appreciate this good catch, like the awesome work that you're doing. But to formally recognize in front of their leaders and their leaders' peers, um, I think speaks volumes to them. And then another thing is um, our safers. So which is um, so out of uh, root cause analysis, and we do find uh, findings. We create kind of like a one-page high overview level of the event details, what we learned, um, and what are our recommended actions for it. And so we've been sharing those and distributing those uh, more widely. Um, and then probably four months ago, we did get approved to be able to post these in secure areas where patient and visitors uh, will not be able to see it, but it helps increase our learning um, across our facilities. And the other patient safety coordinators in the department have been able to share them at their facilities because we want to learn as much as possible from all these events. And, you know, if one action item here can help one of our other facilities prevent the same event occurring, then, you know, that's a win. Yeah, I was actually so excited. I was—I won't say where I was or what the event was, but I saw a safer being shared at one of our safety event task force meetings, um, and it was just a thing of beauty because it was kind of the vision for these safers was that, you know, maybe something happens at CMC and then that's shared at another facility, and they're able to look at the recommendations and say, hey, does this does this apply to us? Do we could this happen here, mm-hmm. and do we need to take steps to to mitigate that? Um, and I think it's taken about a year, but I'm actually starting to see those conversations take place. So that's pretty exciting. Good. And what about yeah. you? What are you? Um, yeah. I mean, I think what I'm most excited about, um, you know, patient safety has traditionally been an acute care focused um, department, if you will. A lot of patient safety efforts, not just with Atrium, but across across the industry. Um, you know, this past year or two, we've been restructuring and starting to implement the patient safety program as we know it into the ambulatory space and into hmm. the continuing care space, okay. which obviously looks a little bit different than acute care. Sure. Um, but there's a, a whole world of um, potential safety events that um, have not really been uncovered or learned from that I think, you know, with the implementation of our program in those spaces, we've been seeing increase in in not just reporting, but identification of serious safety events and therefore increase in our learning in that space. Right. Um, so we're really excited about aligning the program in that way. That's awesome because now we're expanding from the acute care setting to the post-acute care space, really providing uh, the patient safety f- efforts across the continuum. Absolutely. That's yep. awesome. Yep. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks. So I thank you, Rob O'Connor and Aaron Williams, thank you. for thank both you. of what you all are doing. And, um, yeah, teammates, don't run when you see them. They're there to help. <laughs> no Thanks, Dr. Come. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Roy. All thank right. you. Thanks, guys. I'm Christy Moore. I'm the Associate Program Director for Internal Medicine and an Academic Hospitalist. Excellent. And why is this culture of safety work that this focus group you're part of important to you? Um, it's important to for all of us to improve the care of our patients, to provide the best care that we can, and to provide our learners with an atmosphere to learn patient safety that will last them throughout their career. And what will success look like to you? 
I think overall, um, continuing patient safety culture, um, improving people's engagement in it, and limiting people's thoughts that the reporting an event would be a punitive um, experience because really we're all here just to improve patient safety. Excellent. Thank you. And yourself? Um, I'm Brad Harrison. I'm a PGY3 internal medicine resident. I'm part of the patient safety group because a lot of us went into medicine to take care of patients mm -hmm. and um, through the process of, of doing so there are a lot of external factors that um, that affect the day-to-day -day care of patients and so I think that this is a I appreciate the efforts of administration in this group to help work toward reaffirming the culture of patient safety and the prioritization of patients um, above anything else that we do yeah and success this year would look like I would love to get to a culture where we can discuss patient safety events um, and near misses in a in a manner that's non-accusatory, mm -hmm. uh, reflective of that prioritization of patients above everything else. Awesome, thank you. And I'm Trip Ferentz. I'm one of the PGY3 physical medicine and rehab uh, residents. I'm part of this focus group because I want to treat all of my patients like they're my family and if just a small um, portion of my day can go uh, forward and prevent you know harm to even just one person in our hospital it's it's all worth it. And uh, success this year would look like? Um, so it'd be important to me that every voice of every teammates heard so if we can have that culture in our um, in our hospital I think it'll be a win for everybody. Excellent. Thank you for joining us for this podcast of Get in the Know with Your CMO. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. Please join us again as we interview medical staff members, teammates, and other leaders 